Hello there. Laura. Episode 69. Was it good for you? So meaty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, what an adventure that was. Oh, that was so much fun. It was. It was so fun and so gross. I enjoyed it. Now we have to get through like 100 episodes so we can hit 169. Exactly. That's going to take us like three years. Oh, I think least. that's, yeah, that math I think checks out. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a fun episode um and i immensely enjoyed it so thank you for everyone who uh contributed and wrote in and commented and uh joined us for a rock and good time because it was just ridiculous delightful yeah absolutely all right you know what else may or may not be delightful oh let's say it's delightful what's that Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. Woo! It's episode 70, and we are chit-chatting on December 18th. And Alice is coming to you from Louisiana. I'm still here in, in rainy, icky Chicago, but it's, uh, yeah, grand good. It'll be a fun time, I think. How's, how is everything out there, down there? Louisiana's great. There's not really cold. I'm driving cars. I drove to Petco the other day instead of walking. It was weird. I don't know how I feel about that. There was traffic. My my hometown has traffic now. Mm-hmm. Um, still a lot fucked up from Hurricane Laura. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's kind of a mess, but um, yeah, no, I'm loving I'm loving this life for me. I have space, like. There's yards. I can walk around at night and not worry about being mugged. That's yeah, that must be nice. Somebody got mugged right around the corner from my apartment the other day. So now I have to There were fourteen in a two hour spree in my neighborhood. Wow. My God. I didn't know it was so bad and that's you're so far east of me, I don't really pay attention to news over there. But like, yeah, we've had some interesting shit going over here in Logan Square and Bucktown too. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's not great. Mm. I got fake wallet with a fake iPhone and fake money. Oh, that way, my. if I get mugged, I can just hand out all that. How does one get a fake iPhone? Uh, you know, like the display iPhones that don't really work at Apple. Oh. Like when you're like, oh, let me go like hold this and press the button and nothing happens. It's those. Oh. Did you get that like on Amazon? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I got to get one of those. Mm-hmm. That way I can just hand that over. Yeah. Take all of my things. <laughs> Take my, my bag with full of dog poop bags and dog <laughs> treats and... And a children's wallet with fake money in it and a fake debit card. Have at it. I have a um, bag full of ibuprofen and um, pill form of what's that of like Pepto Bismol. They can they can have that. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I can offer. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I might look into this fake iPhone thing. That's good to know. Delightful. Mm-hmm. I love this. Love this for me. Not okay. Let's get into the fun stuff. Happy hour. What are we drinking? Uh, you're going to enjoy this because I got that salted caramel Baileys that I bought last year for you Ooh. and put it in my coffee. So I'm drinking Baileys from a shoe. I'm up. Y'all's. 
I'm a little nice. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Want to see my downstairs mix up? Do you have sweaty balls? <laughs> <laughs> Show us your balls, Pete. Rose and I have been walking around quoting that SNL skit all week. It's been, it's been amazing because she actually did make little like Oreo ball truffle things. And so now Ooh. it's just been like, show me your balls. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What are you drinking today? I have a mimosa and this mimosa the alcohol ingredient is something I sent Laura a screenshot of earlier this morning but I was at the grocery store and oh grocery stores here you can buy alcohol any time of the day unlike I was gonna ask you about that because I I think you texted me at like 7 30 being like look at this wine I'm buying I'm like I'm sorry it's very early is that allowed (laughs) yeah no one cares here so um Anyway, I was looking for like the single serving little baby bottles of Prosecco and I, you know, was, I I don't know this grocery store, so I'm just walking around looking at everything. And then lo and behold, I found the little bottle and I found the, what's the, the blue sticker Prosecco? um, Oh, the La Marca Marca or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that. And then I kept looking, and then I like looked slightly to the left. I was like, "Ooh, there's cupcake brand. I'll get that." And then I looked slightly to the left again, and I saw cans of Andre, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, cans of Andre! What? I didn't know this was a thing or that it existed. So I have to get it. So I have um, a mimosa in a giant Coca Cola cup. It's a giant mimosa. You see? I do. I see that. And it's got Andre Brut from a can with orange juice. See, from here, because of the lighting in that room, or maybe it's something with my computer, like, it looks like brown sewer water. (laughs) It doesn't even look orange from here. (laughs) Yeah. So this cup, it's like an ombre purple glass. Got it. Okay. So it's like mostly clear purple at the top and then darker purple glass at the bottom. So... Yeah, purple and orange makes poo-poo brown, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sewer brown. I like it. Well, That's correct. Yeah, that's fun. We should have mentioned we're recording a lot earlier today than we normally are. We normally are in the afternoon drinking at a reasonable hour, but today we are starting early. <laughs> it's not even 10 in the morning yet. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, this is the uh, way. But that's okay. Um, this is the way. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah. Uh, what do we have in housekeeping? Anything? I've got uh, I've got a little something, but I didn't put it in here. Anything for you? Nope. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a spoiler review of the new Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, uh, with the Geek Buddies on John Rocco's YouTube channel. We're going to record that on Sunday night. I don't actually know when it's going to come out. I don't know if it's supposed to be live or not. But I assume that by the time you hear this episode, that will be out and available. So... Stay tuned. Ooh, exciting. I know. I saw the movie. I need to watch the Spider-Man movies. Oh, I loved it so much. I, You know what? Like, going back and watching the old ones, I don't know if it's required viewing, but it's, like, strongly encouraged. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, it was really nice to have that reference because I did just rewatch all of them. Yeah, I I just know I saw, like, the Tobey Maguire. Yeah first one or two in theaters and that's it the third one is fucking wild it's so it's absolute unhinged insanity 
It's oh. it's crazy. I want to like get high and watch the third one again. But I actually really like the the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield, the one and two. Mm-hmm. I feel like people hated on those, and I'm just like, those movies are good. Y'all are just mean. I enjoyed those movies, yeah. and I like looking at Andrew Garfield because he's so cute with his big hair. Okay, let me ask you questions because yes. I don't know anything about the Spider-Man, but just shake your head so you don't give it away as a spoiler. Okay. Um, is Tobey Maguire in this new one? Is Andrew Garfield in the new one? Huh. All right, cool, thanks. Yeah. Um, okay, anything else for housekeeping? <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, caravan of Cohaxion. I don't think we had anything. I didn't catch anything. Yeah, I don't remember even if we did. So mm, that was a long time ago. I know it was. It was like n- I've been so busy ago. between work just shitting all over me and then also relocating temporarily. I'm still thrown off by it. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because you didn't even change time zones. It's like if you ch- it would have been. I feel like it would have been so much worse. That shit always fucks with me. Yeah, man. The car ride here was so long. Yeah. We were in the car for like seventeen hours. <gasps> oh god, that's too long. The dogs did not puke though. Oh, that's that good. good. That's something. I drugged them. Yeah, get it, girl. I know. <laughs> it was veterinarian approved and prescribed medicine, so it's fine. Yeah. Were they but, chill? Yeah. Did they like chill out? They weren't like running around in the back seat, freaking out the whole time. No, I have um, special seatbelts for them. Nice. <laughs> so, so, so I have this whole contraption where, like, it's a seat cover type thing, and it loops over the back seat headrest and the front seat headrest. Got it. So they're, you know, in their thing. But they also have these special harnesses that have these, like, heavy-duty clips on them. And the other end of, like, the clip, like, actually clips into the seatbelt holder. Got it. Okay. So they're kind of like tethered to the seatbelt. I've seen those. Holders. I feel like I see those like on TikTok. And anytime somebody like posts a video with like their dog just running around the back seat, people are just like, you really should get your dog like a like the seatbelt harness for the back. Like this is mm-hmm. a bit. This is the big thing now. There's a big market for this. So good on you. Yeah, it's it's really ridiculous between the seat cover, their special seat their car ride harnesses and their car ride like harness tethers and then their backpack of all their things and their vitamins and their medicines and their food and toys it really adds up yeah i packed a lot i packed like as much stuff for the dogs as i did for me nice <laughs> it's ridiculous i started taking a new multivitamin it's supposed to be for migraines Ooh, yeah I'm like, give me all the migraines. No, it's supposed to um, prevent migraines, um, but it makes my uh, my pee really yellow, which is weird, but it was surprising. Didn't know that was going to happen until I saw it. I was like, oh, God, I'm dying. Oh, I hate when there's weird food side effects. I'm like, and you're like just oh. tell me. Like, it would have been nice. If you're like, am I dying? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, cool, I have organ failure or something. I'm just, obviously, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling there. All right. Cool. Well, that was fun getting to talk about uh, silly things, um, but let's jump into news, and uh, unfortunately, we're going to take it down just a little bit, because I think we, we should address this um, mm-hmm. just this one time, and I don't think we're going to, we're not going to dwell on it, and we're probably not going to bring it up again, um, but a lot of you, at least if, if you're on Twitter, have probably heard about the uh, the Blackout Star Wars Eclipse Initiative. Uh, that's happening, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it just in case people aren't aware of what's going on. If you're not on Twitter, you may not have heard about it. Um, but essentially, this you know Star Wars Eclipse game was announced on December 9th at the Game Awards, and it's a collaboration between Lucasfilm Games and a French video game studio called Quantic Dream. 
Um, and when the trailer came out, I think everyone was really excited because it was like, it's, it's supposed to be set in the high Republic. And it was a very like cinematic trailer. Like there wasn't a whole lot about like, who are these characters and who are these, what is the story? Anything about that? It was just like straight, like very beautifully designed cinema in game form. It looked really cool. It did. Yep. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, unfortunately, um, and yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it. it's like because it's set at the end of the High Republic era or in the High Republic era, like people were really excited. I think we're like, holy crap, we're actually getting like High Republic stuff on screen. Like there were so many reasons to be excited about this when it first came out. Um, and it only took, I think, like maybe a week or two at that point for the information to come out that basically the people, the leadership at Quantic Dream at this French video game studio um, are pieces of garbage. Um, these guys have had multiple like workplace harassment, sexual harassment allegations brought against them. Um, and they're, I mean, I think the CEO, one of the CEOs is like quoted as saying that they don't make games for F words, uh, really bad F word, not F but not fuck the other one. Um, and so that was, that was really alarming to read. Uh, and the fact that Lucasfilm Games has chosen to team up with somebody who would say something like that is people are not happy about this, obviously. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, so our friends at Pink Milk really started this big um, kind of hashtag thing yesterday, Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. It got trending to number four. Yeah. Yeah. Which was which really was pretty cool. It's very cool. It's awesome. So which I'm hoping that means that like hopefully most people who are listening to this have probably heard of this. But yeah, bravo to Brian and Tom and the whole team at Pink Milk for for really getting that going um, and and reaching out to pretty much everybody they could to to make sure that they were informed about this just in case that they weren't, you know, constantly scrolling Twitter like I normally am. Uh, But I think a lot of people were probably in the same boat as me where I was avoiding social media because I was avoiding Marvel spoilers. So I wasn't fully informed about this until uh, Brian reached out. But yeah, this is it's just not great. And it's even less great because like Lucasfilm and Disney, like no one has said anything. They have not acknowledged it. They have not like denounced that kind of, you know, attitudes and sentiment. It's really, it's kind of embarrassing at this point because this has been going on for a while and they are, they've yet to say anything or address it. It's just weird that they didn't do their homework. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I really like Matt from Blue Bantha Milk's tweet, you know, the, People who work there aren't necessarily bad. I don't Google CEOs when I apply to jobs. I don't Google the companies, really. I'm just like, oh, a job, money, eh. But the leadership, that should be taken into account when you're partnering with the company. Yeah. And why Lucasfilm Disney did not do that is weird. Yeah. Um, maybe they just didn't think to do that i don't know how much benefit of the doubt we should give them but <laughs> it's weird it's weird it's weird it's weird and i also don't think that i i think i saw somewhere that i mean the game would be years out yes. from being completed anyway yeah so it's kind of like well there's still time to pull the plug on this that's all you need to do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know some people are still going to want to buy the game and play it, whatever. You do you, but I just think it's good to at least be aware of what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, 
you can make whatever decision is right for you based on that. Yeah. I will not be purchasing this game. No. I'm not, I don't want to contribute any money to these people. I'm not big on games anyway, but like the fact that it would have been something on screen in the High Republic era was really exciting. Yeah. And the fact that that's just such a, you know, diverse, inclusive era in Star Wars and these people who are writing it are like putting all this effort and love into it. The fa- it just seems like such a slap in the face. And I feel like it was really subtle, but like I feel like Justina Ireland kind of acknowledged it a little bit on Twitter. Like obviously she can't come out like say anything specific, but like it was really nice. She actually like tweeted something where she was basically just like, "Hey, like I see what you're doing, and thank you." And I'm like, "God, thank oh. thank God!" Like somebody is paying attention. Yeah, Ek Johnston responded. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. So there, there are people that are important who are like who are speaking up and saying and are seeing this and that's you know all thanks i think to the the pink milk guys for really getting this going so bravo to them yay yay so nice job everyone because my whole twitter feed that day was blackout star wars eclipse yeah every single post that came up yep so that was really cool yeah it really was it was nice to see the fandom kind of Coming together and, you know, actually agreeing on something. Because there has been some other, we won't get into it, but there has been some other Twitter fandom Star Wars drama this past week. So uh, this was, it was really kind of heartwarming to see, you know, everybody coming together to speak out against this horrific thing that is happening with this unfortunate teaming up with Quantic Dream. So fingers crossed that progress will be made at some point, at some point soon. I I feel optimistic. Yeah, actually. Yeah, me too. There's no way that no one noticed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like when people who have hundreds of thousands of followers are tweeting about that, like you're going to get somebody's attention inevitably. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Cool deal. So yeah, good job, everyone, for bringing that information to the forefront and, you know, make choices. Yeah. The Make the right one. Lucasfilm. Make good choices. <laughs> it's not hard. Google people before you work with them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up on the news, we had a really good article about Book of Boba Fett. I really loved reading this Hollywood Reporter article. It's amazing. I really enjoyed this. This is by this was written by James uh, Hibbard, I believe. It came out December 16th, and it's mostly focused, I think, well, I shouldn't say that because the focus kind of shifts, but there's a big chunk of it that's focused on Robert Rodriguez uh, and his history and, you know, his feelings on working on a franchise versus working on, you know, his own independent projects. And they talk about how <laughs> the first part of it is all about how everybody was so confused about what the book of Boba Fett was when we saw that post credits stinger scene in the Mandalorian <laughs> season two finale. And they had to like immediately book John Favreau to go on Good Morning America and like clarify like, no, it's not a book. Yes, it's a TV show. No, it's not Mandalorian season three. That's a separate thing. Like it's its own separate thing. And I just, it, it was so funny. <laughs> and so it just goes from there. But it was really nice actually getting to know Robert Rodriguez a little bit through this. He's mm-hmm. going to be the showrunner of Book of Boba Fett. He's also directing three of the seven episodes. Oh, that was a caravan of corrections. We saw on IMDb, or I saw that the IMDb said there were going to be eight episodes of Book of Boba Fett. There's only seven. Like the day after that information, that I said that that information came out, I was like, God damn it! Wait, 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 hold on. Are we sure? Because I saw a Twitter. Um, hold on. I saw a Twitter thing that was like all the Star Wars 
stuff for 2022, like a like a picture, and it said eight episodes. I thought, hmm, uh, fudge. Unless like a it was like fan art. Wikipedia says seven. Wikipedia says seven. There's some news random news site that says eight but that's they they were the ones that were that were talking about the episode names but they were just guessing oh okay yeah all right well whatever yeah so allegedly seven <laughs> episodes and and robert rodriguez is directing three of them so this is this is kind of a big deal for him, but I wasn't super familiar with his work before. Like, he, I didn't realize that he was the one who, like, started the Spy Kids franchise, and I did not know that there were four of those movies. So um, this nope. was, that was news to me. Uh, but there's a lot in this article about, like, you know, what's, you know, how is Boba Fett different than The Mandalorian? And how is the show going to be different? And we keep seeing, and we've saw, seen a lot of information leading up to this saying that the show is going to be a lot more like gritty than the Mandalorian was. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, it was interesting to read about how this is going to be much closer to like a sort of Godfather like type of film, um, as opposed to like the Western genre that we get with the Mandalorian. It's not going to be kind of the same vibe, Mm -hmm. which is not what I was expecting. I feel like all the trailer stuff I saw, I was just like, Oh, this is just like Mandalorian vibes, but I think it's going to be different, which is exciting. Something new. Yeah, what I thought, what they pointed out in this article, and I was like, oh, shit. It was like, yeah, you know, we have a really physically demanding show, and also our two leads are amazing, and they're like 60. Right? (laughs) I keep forgetting this, that Ming-Na Wen is like 58 years old. I'm like, no, there's no way. She, that's, that is some sorcery or something. That's not, that, that ain't right. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I, I don't think of them as old. No, I think of her as Mulan when she was, like, in her 20s or something, or probably in her 40s. I'm like, how long ago was Mulan? I, I just assumed that she was, like, a teenager when she made it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But I, I think that is really cool to have, like, not young peppy stars, like, lead a huge franchise show. And an action franchise at that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked. And then what we also got from this article is his kind of experience with George Lucas, because when he was editing Spy Kids, George Lucas was like, hey, come see me. He was editing at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, yeah. And George was like, yeah, come look at this digital film technology. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. And I guess they became good friends and stuff. I know. It's so cute. There's like a pictures of them and everything. And it, there's one of them and like that was taken into like 2007, I think. And I was just like, Robert Rodriguez looks totally different than he does now. Um, so I was just like, wait, who's that guy? And it, yeah, I had to read the caption because I was like, holy crap. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this is going to be fun. I, I think this is this got me excited for this. I've been sort of struggling trying to like find my excitement for the book of Boba Fett because mm-hmm. I'm kind of just like fairly indifferent about the whole thing um but this reading this article and kind of getting to know the showrunner a little bit was helpful uh and there was one really interesting little tidbit i learned because i feel like a lot of people when they heard when they watched the one of the trailers and you hear one of the um ithorian aliens speaking a lot of people thought that that was pedro pascal talking um 
which is, I guess, sort of understandable. It sounds a little bit like him. Turns out it was actually Robert Rodriguez. He actually is the one voicing one of the characters in the trailer, uh, known as the mayor. That's the all. That's all we got of of who this the character mayor. is. Yeah. When I was reading that last night, um, Ludacris started playing in my head. <laughs> Because I haven't heard the mayor. I'm, there's that song, um, Use a Ho. <laughs> it's like, you never take a hoe to a hotel because a hotel, everybody, even the mayor. And that's what popped in my head nice. when I read the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, Boba Fett is ludicrous. And that's that's what's happening Woo! here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is going to be great. I highly recommend <laughs> going checking out this article, especially if you're in the same boat as me where you're kind of just like, Hey, December 29th. This will be great, I guess. I don't know. Um, but they also revealed that the trailers that we've seen more or less are only showing us, like, footage from the first episode. Um, just The because, first few minutes yeah, of the first episode. Anything else will just be, like, giving shit away. So they are very constrained, I think, in how much they can actually show, which is why those trailers number one, are not showing us very much. We're kind of getting the same shots in all of them, just in different orders mm-hmm. and maybe from different angles. Uh, but yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting to learn. I'm like, wow, we know almost nothing about this show and what we're going to get out of it. So I kind of that's also very intriguing to me. Yeah, I wonder how long the episodes are going to be. Yeah, I'm anticipating something along the lines of The Mandalorian. Will there be anything from like 30 to 50 minutes? But I don't know. That's just speculation. I have no, nothing to go off hmm. of for that. Yeah, we'll see. Week and a half to go from when we're chit-chatting now. So close. Ooh. So yeah, we'll link mm-hmm. to our we'll link in our show notes to this Hollywood Reporter article because it's most definitely worth a read. For sure. Okay. Next up in news, we got some new stuff about the Acolyte. Some casting. We haven't heard much about this show yet. And uh, besides the fact that it's going to be led by Leslie Headland. Um, who did Russian Doll for Netflix. This is a, we're, we've been in the dark a lot about this, although I think we knew that it was going to be set towards the end of the High Republic. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we knew much else. Uh, but this article that was, the, sor- the original source for this news was the Illuminati site, uh, which I don't know a ton about, but Variety ended up picking up this story too, which I think gives it a little bit, um, it, it makes it a little bit more reliable I think in my eyes, but the actor who they have announced, Amanda Stenberg, uh, they identify as non-binary, their pronouns are they, them. Uh, This actor is in talks to join the cast in a leading role. Um, Many of you may know this actor from uh, The Hunger Games. They played Rue uh, way back when. God, how long ago was that? Uh, And then also, yeah, and then they are also in The Hate You Give, Darkest Minds, and the recent feature version of Dear Evan Hansen. Did you see Dear Evan Hansen? You like musicals. I have not. You know, I thought Dear Evan Hansen, um, I thought it was like a Book of Mormon spinoff. Really? Just from what I saw on the ads, I was like, oh, is this something to do with the Book of Mormon? And then I found out that it wasn't, and I thought it was maybe the South Park people. And I'm like, oh, it's not. It's something else. Okay. Just and then totally I just never paid attention to it. The only thing I know about Dear Evan Hansen is that that actor that they cast to play the lead role was way too old to be playing a high school student, and people were, like, giving him shit about it. And I was like, oh No, I love that. <laughs> I love that because the, all the teen movies when we were growing up, it was all people in their mid-20s and 30s and sometimes even 40s. Like, Exhibit A, and... Grease. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grease. 
Grease, 10 Things I Hate About You. I mean, Matthew Lillard was in She's All That and he's old balls. Yeah. Um, but I, I and American Pie, they were all at least in their 20s, yep. if not 30. Um, I actually like it more when the high schoolers are played by old people, um, old, older. <laughs> like, wasn't Rachel McAdams 30 something in Mean Girls? Almost, I think, yeah. Because, like, yeah. otherwise they just seem like children. I'm like, high schoolers are right. so young. <laughs> right. So it's really awkward when there's like sex scenes and stuff. Yeah. If they are actually like 15, it's really fucking awkward. Yeah, that's a good point. And, like that movie Blockers, they were like, oh, it's the new American Pie, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, oh, great. I love American Pie. That's a great movie. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel so uncomfortable watching this because it's about like 15-year-olds who were actually 15, like going to bang. And I don't want any part of that. No, that's a hard like, pass. Right? So I think I think it, it's good for high school kids to be older in movies. Yeah. That's a good point. You make you make very good points. Good argument. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, Amanda Stenberg to join the cast of the uh, the Acolyte in a leading role. According to Variety, the show's going to start production uh, middle of next year, which I was wow. kind of surprised to learn. I, I figured we were a few years away from this, so I was also surprised to learn that we were even casting at this point. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, but it'll be fun. Same girl, same. Yeah, I'm excited. That'll be, I think that's going to be the most different, I think, of all the shows that we're getting in terms of like probably well we don't have any background no. on we have no point of reference whereas everything else so far we have some sort of reference yeah. or something grounding the show that we are familiar with and this who knows so our only point of reference is the high republic which is like what 200 years before the phantom menace and mm-hmm. this show is supposed to be set like 50 or years before the phantom menace so it's like the end of the high republic so the high republic went that long i don't know i guess like what, what's huh. that in between time what, what do we call that that 50 year is that i guess the age of the Repu- beige beige it's beige yeah a little bland yeah that's when they get boring yeah there's no salt there's no pepper it's just beige <laughs> Beige, we'll just leave it yeah. alone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up, we've got. Uh, I, this is just kind of a funny article that I saw. Um, apparently, Jess Pava, uh, the actress who plays Jess Pava, her name was uh, Jessica Henwick. Jess Pava was a, a pilot in The Force Awakens and then in The Rise of Skywalker. So she wasn't in The Last Jedi. And Jess, Jessica Henwick is now working with Ryan Johnson on uh, Knives Out Two. And so they actually have had, like, a confrontation where she's been like, yo, dude, like, why didn't you put me in The Last Jedi? And I guess that he, like, legitimately thought her character was dead and that wasn't an option, uh, which I'm like, oh, sad. (laughs) But also kind of funny that it all came back around and they are working together again um, now and it's just cute. So I appreciated that. And I didn't know that Jessica Henwick was in uh, Marvel's The Defenders on Netflix. Uh, I watched that show a couple of weeks ago i sat and watched all of, all the episodes of it and i was like oh i know her dope oh, yeah okay yeah i had no i was like just pavo what's that <laughs> and then i had to google it and then i was like oh okay it's funny though like oh she died nope there's comics yeah which i also didn't know that there were comics i guess there's poe dameron comics i'm like yeah i didn't read those there's so many comics yeah. so many comics also apparently she's going to be in the matrix matrix resurrections 
I didn't realize hmm. that. Have you have you seen all those movies? Are you going to see the new one? I feel like I should watch them. Um, the first one, I don't think I actually saw it. The second one, I went to go see it in theaters and fell asleep. <laughs> and that's it. I only saw the first one. I liked it, but I didn't feel any need to watch the others. I fell asleep during an action sequence. So <laughs> what does that tell you? Know, that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh-huh. All right. Well, something else that came out recently, well, as we're moving into books, was the High Republic Fallen Star excerpt came out on December 6th. So I guess that was a while ago. The book is by Claudia Gray, and it's coming out January 4th. Um, So this is the first piece of content, I believe, from the High Republic Wave 3. We're still Mm -hmm. in Phase 1, but this is Wave 3. It's confusing. (laughs) So there are only, are there three waves per phase? I think so, yeah. And there are three phases, I think? Yeah, that I don't know. Okay, so what I'm interested in is this is the final wave of this first phase. Now, when we first found out about High Republic, the big – we had news for, like, months and months and months before it started, right? Yeah. And we knew Starlight Beacon, and we knew The Great Disaster, and we were like – speculating and finding little things about those two items so far in advance yeah so this is the final wave of this first phase the next one will start soon after ish right I think like so. maybe six months later and we don't know anything about it nope. because we know from um spoiler alert earmuffs for like 60 seconds guys if you don't want to hear anything but we know from like uh you know, we all know what the great disaster is already. Like that kind of plot line's kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. And then there's art where Starlight Beacons like getting destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So that takes the other thing that we had in advance. So now we're just in like a no man's land of what's going to happen. So I really wonder when we're going to start hearing about what is phase two. Well, I'm a little know? bit worried that it's going to be like we can't hear about any of that because it'll spoil what's about to happen, which is that all of these characters that we've grown to know and love are all going to kick the bucket or something at, at some point. I hope not. And like we're going to have to start over with fresh new characters and there's going to be like a hundred year time jump or something like that's my biggest fear of mm-hmm. why they're not saying anything. But I, I'm hoping that's not the case because it's like you can't just give us all of these great characters and then pull the rug out from between it, from beneath us and in be like, oh, nope, sorry, they're dead. It's like, hey, we got like 40 years of Luke Skywalker. Like, I need a mm-hmm. little bit more time with these people. More than like a year would be great, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so this excerpt that was posted on StarWars.com, it's pretty short. It a lot of times excerpts are really long. This is a pretty short one, I think. Um, the main takeaway I got from it is that Bell Zedifar, mm-hmm. is that how you say his name? That Bell is fine. It was kind of left open ended after the rising storm because basically, you know, he was just kind of hovered, like huddled in a ball, kind of screaming. And I was like, oh, homeboy went cuckoo bananas. Yeah. Like, that's not good. But he's seems fine enough yeah. in this excerpt. And they're basically everyone's just on a massive Nile hunt. Yeah, which I kind of like. I'm glad that we're finally getting back to this character because, yeah, I think the Rising Storm was the last we really heard much from him. Uh, And this book is being marketed as the sequel to the Rising Storm. Um, So I imagine it'll pick up right afterwards. It's not clear if this is like the first chapter of this new book. Most of the time they're it's when they post these excerpts, they're they're set early um, in the novel. Mm -hmm. But the um, 
the artwork that we've seen from this, yeah, has been a little bit <laughs> upsetting. Um, even looking at like the cover of this book, you can kind of see what looks like cracks uh, in the viewport of Starlight Beacon, which is scary to think about. But the, uh, the excerpt itself uh, basically is that we've got this team of Jedi that includes Belzetafar, Indira Stokes, um, Buryaga. Buryaga is back, and then Master Nib Asek. I think maybe it's pronounced a Seek in the books, but I, or in the audiobooks, but I don't remember. But they're on a uh, a ship, a long beam, and basically hunting in this nebula for uh, the Nile. And it's suspiciously quiet, like too quiet. Uh, and so everyone's kind of on guard, and then obviously they... The Nile, uh, you know, make themselves known, and all of our Jedi board, I think all of them, board the Nile ship, and it's basically just this, like, big offense, but it's really just, like, five of them <laughs> against a whole ship of Nile? I, I don't know. Uh, but I think what this book, I have a suspicion that this book is going to deal with a lot of Bells that are kind of treading that line of, is this revenge? Or is it not? Mm-hmm. Are you actually like staying on the side of the light? Or are you starting to tiptoe across that line because you want revenge for Loden Great Storm? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty nervous about what Marcian Rose gonna do. Has have the comics? I think it's like just two comics about him. Have those come out yet? No. Um. And Charles Soule was at C2E2, and I oh. guess he had a he had like a an iPad that had some of the the content from the first comic of the Martian Real comics and he showed Eric from uh from Fort Living Force and I was so I met up with Eric and saw him and he was just like yeah he showed me and I was like holy shit really wow I know it was like and there wasn't much to see I don't think like he probably just showed him like the first page or something but I'm still just like dude yeah. that's awesome wow fancy yeah actually c2e2 is really fun there was uh Ooh. charles soul was let's do that for a recap on tap oh yeah we could i have uh i actually took a lot of notes because timothy zahn was there too so there was Ooh. there was strong star wars author presence at c2e2 this year noise yeah, yeah. okay cool uh anything else on fallen star no i don't think so i'm really excited about this and i think i read something about how like so i don't know if it was like in a review which was which is what made me think, like, holy shit, why haven't we gotten review copies? But somebody said, like, this is Claudia Gray's, like, one of her best works. This is a can't-miss book. Like, you're really going to enjoy this. And I'm like, yes, give it to me. Yeah, I haven't really cared for her last hand couple of books. They've been fine. But, okay, if we're getting back to, like, peak. Yeah. You know who it was? I think it was Michael Siglan, and he's, like, he works for, like, Del Rey or Lucasfilm Books or Publishing or something like that, which mm-hmm. is why he had the book. Mm. So I guess, yeah, he's special. I guess that's acceptable. But the, uh, yeah, he he was talking about how this is going to be, this is going to be a can't miss for Claudia Bell, or Claudia Bell, Claudia Gray fans. <laughs> I saw the word Bell. I have the excerpt open right now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. This will be great. I love the cover. I'm like, the, I don't think Stellan Geos is mentioned at all even in this excerpt, but he's, I think that's him on the cover. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and it's just it's this is going to be good. And Buriaga and Bill Zetafar. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm excited for this book. I'm going to have to like make time to really dig into it. Do you not get time? So. Do you not like get a bunch of time off over the holidays, like between Christmas and New Year's? I'm off the rest of the year. Oh, okay, but we don't have the book yet. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're off the rest of the year. That's nice because I know it's been crazy for you. So that's that's good. Yeah, like 7 p.m. meetings. All week. Ugh. Fuck that. Oh, it's West Sucked. Coast people? I think in – I have a client in Mexico and I had to get a workshop and – their working hours they take really long late late lunches so their working hours are pretty late so we had workshops requirements workshops that went to like 7 p.m ick no fun um now should we get into ridiculous news because that's alice's favorite and it's quickly becoming my favorite and this is gonna be fun to talk about um yes i titled this segment star wars hotel snafu Mm mm-hmm appropriately named (laughs) yeah so i guess about two ish weeks ago maybe disney disney parks youtube released a video of like a promo video kind of like oh look at what the star wars galactic cruiser hotel experience is like and it had an imagineer and like some actor (laughs) from a tv show who like plays a young kid but is really him one of those you know yeah, where he's probably 30 but he's playing like a 13 year old yeah like the age difference is a little too much yeah but he's he's supposed to be from the goldbergs i don't know if he's playing his character from the goldbergs or if it's just the actor but yeah the video is ridiculous yeah i haven't seen it um anyway they released the video and it got shit on so much they took it down within a few days like the video has you can find it on YouTube because so many people did reviews on yep. it or like uploaded you know versions they had saved, but Disney Parks has wiped everything Galactic Star Cruiser like details pretty much yeah. from their channel. And uh and then there's another video that's like the welcome video, like get ready for your trip. <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, it's awful. oh my god. <laughs> It's so cheesy. I think one of the one of the like review videos that Laura and I both watched were like, yeah, this isn't for Star Wars fans. It doesn't look like Star Wars. It's for people who love Disney and want a different experience. Yeah, and it's I'm, for rich and who people. Know what Star Wars is? Yeah, who who are like vaguely aware that Star Wars is a thing and have a lot of money. This was made for them. And there there were a lot of comparisons I saw to like. Battlestar Galactica like this doesn't even look like like it looks a little bit like Star Wars but it mostly looks like just some futuristic bullshit thing but lower budget like Xenon girl of the 21st century that was my favorite comparison and you're the only one I saw who made it and I think that that's 100% Mm -hmm. on point and uh, you know we're not being haters you guys like there were like Star Wars YouTube channels that actually like <laughs> emphasize like positivity and fandom who were also like, oh my God, like shitting on this because it is that unhinged, outrageously bad. Like, I don't know who some kids, <sighs> kids will love it. People who love Disney and want a different experience will love it. Um, one of the things I read, they said like the kind of the LARPing aspect of it. <laughs> Sorry. Essentially, I know. <laughs> you want to go LARPing, Laura? Um, <laughs> that that was actually really cool and that there are some places in the hotel that you just flat out won't find if you essentially pick the wrong storyline. That's pretty cool. Um, but what we saw in that video was not cool at all. Doesn't look like Star Wars. Um 
the this bar doesn't look like Star Wars. Some random woman comes out and sings a song that's just that in doesn't English. sound like Star Wars. Even it's just bizarre. <laughs> it's so strange. So they pulled it down. But some of the uh... <laughs> again, I think kids will probably really like this. But it's just, it's not it's not made for us, and that I can appreciate. But on one of these articles that we found. They said the lightsaber training looks about as exciting as roadside sobriety test. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. This is it's just mind blowing though, because it's like they sank so much money into this and like they're charging so much to go. And I'm like, I'm looking at this still from this welcome video that has like a purple Mary Allen woman standing clearly in front of a green screen. And the green screen, like the actual design that they've imposed on the green screen, you could have taken any still from any Star Wars movie and stuck that up there and it would have been fine. Probably nobody would have noticed that you were reusing content, but they couldn't even be bothered to do that. There's such a lack of detail on the wall behind her. It doesn't look anything like anything Star Wars related we've ever seen. It's just really bizarre choices were made by someone. Yeah, yeah, there's even there's one article that even hazards to guess that maybe they'll just totally scrap it and start over so. or give up. Yeah. Um also interesting is it was booked out for months and last night I looked for March, April and May, there are weeks worth of open dates. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. You could book for March 17th. March 17th, like pretty much through the 28th, any of those days. Yeah, a handful of days in April, like three weeks in May. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah. But if you can find the videos, just watch. They're so funny. It, you will laugh so hard. Yeah. It brings it brought a smile to my face. Seriously. And it was worth it for that. And it made us want to go back and watch Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. True. And Xenon the Zequel. Is that on Disney Plus? It's got to be on Disney Plus. They've got their original stuff on there, so I would guess so. Those are probably better than what you're going to experience at uh this horrific looking Disney Star Wars adventure at Galactic Star Cruiser. And watching Xenon and its two sequels is also cheaper. I mean, you could throw down what is it, six bucks a month, seven bucks a month for, for Disney Plus? No idea. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, this was there there are news articles all over the place. There's YouTube videos all over the place of this. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh and a hundred percent worth a watch if you just wanna give yourself the reassurance that like if you're regretting not being able to spend six thousand dollars on a two day vacation, rest assured, you're fine. You're not missing anything. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for like the actual reviews. Yes. I'm super excited. Me too. <laughs> I can't believe they just took the video down. Yeah. Like to me, that's amazing. Yeah, that's real embarrassing. I do think there's an audience for it though. Again, it's not made for us. It's made for children and hardcore Disney people. Yeah. It's made for Disney adults. Uh it's not yeah. it's not made for hardcore Star Wars fans. They're gonna analyze everything to death, but God help us if there are Star Wars fans that analyze things to death that actually go and review this. Like, I can't wait. I need it. <laughs> Fair enough. It's amazing. Oh, oh I want to watch those videos again. They're just good for a good laugh, yeah. everyone. Without um, question. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Next up is recap on tap. Do we need a break or do we want to power through? No, let's take a break. I need to um, go through and organize my notes. I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that I learned at C2E2. It's going to be fun. Yay. All right. Um, Be right back. And we are back with a very special recap on tap because Miss Laura went to C2E2, the Chicago Comic Con thingy, and saw a lot of Star Wars writer stuff and other things. Yeah. Break it down. Well, by a lot, I went to two panels that had Star Wars authors on them, which was enough. Um, and there there were some other really fun panels. I went to, a, like, the Twilight panel was just the most ridiculous. I'm not even a Twilight fan, and I went to the Twilight panel just because, and it was ridiculous and awesome. Oh. So, yay. Yay for, like, having a quiet C2E2. There were definitely not nearly as many people in attendance as there normally are. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Omicron scared a bunch of people off, but I attended a uh, a panel that was just Timothy Zahn, mostly talking about Thrawn stuff. He did talk a little bit about some of his other works, and then I went to another panel uh, called Writing in Someone Else's Universe, and Delilah Dawson and Charles Soule were on that one. Ooh. So yeah, they were both really fun. So some highlights, um, starting with the, the Zahn one, uh, he does talk, he talked a lot about how, you know, Thrawn has interactions with a lot of different characters and a lot of in you know different time periods but of all of the people he's interacted with Zahn's favorite character is Eli Vanto uh mm. which I really love I'm just like oh, god like bring him back please uh Eli yeah and he uh Zahn acknowledged the comparison between Thrawn and Sherlock Holmes but he pointed out one thing that I thought was really interesting he talked about how Holmes gets really like frustrated when people can't like keep up with him and they're not seeing the same things he does because he's super observant and he doesn't understand why everybody else isn't whereas like Thrawn is very like he's very patient and he like wants to help people grow and learn and advance and like learn to think the way that he thinks which oh. I thought was a really interesting I like never thought about that and I thought that was really cool but Zon- Timothy Zahn actually rereads all the Sherlock Holmes stories like every year every few years was one of the things he said That's- oh wow I like that I, I never know. thought of that comparison actually. yeah naturally uh Ezra Bridger came up in conversation and Timothy Zahn said if you put uh Eli Vanto and Ezra Bridger together they could make a really great team so if you ever if they ever for whatever reason whenever it could happen if for some reason Thrawn disappears or they kill him off or something like you've got these great side characters that you could spin off uh and like it it just the possibilities are endless of where you could take any of these characters so i'm like that was an interesting thing to point out i don't think that he actually knows anything about what's coming next to a thrawn Mm -hmm. but he also just could be lying but he he kind of implied that like he trusts dave filoni with thrawn he does not trust very many people with thrawn He's like, I mm-hmm. think Dave Filoni got it right, and I can trust him with that, and I trust that him and John Favreau will do wonders with the character. But he, like, he was kind of like, I kind of wish I could at least like consult on it, like, because I know Thrawn yeah. better than anyone. In which I'm like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and I wasn't really surprised to hear him say that. Um, huh. Yeah, the. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Sherlock Holmes, actually, which is funny. Like, Arthur Conan Doyle killed off Sherlock Holmes because he didn't want his legacy to be Sherlock Holmes. But despite that, 
Arthur Conan Doyle is known for writing Sherlock Holmes, so that really kind of is his legacy. And there was somebody who, like, asked Timothy Zahn, like, what do you want to be your legacy? And he was just like, I don't mind if it's Thrawn. He's like, I love Thrawn. It's totally, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, he also says he doesn't really care about who plays him, live-action Thrawn, in, in, you know, on screen. He's mostly concerned about, like, not about the look, but about, like, capturing the calm and the global mm-hmm. awareness of Thrawn, which I just thought was was interesting. And he said that Filoni's mastered the art of writing Thrawn and trusts him to bring on other writers that can accomplish that too. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There's a, one thing somebody brought up was sort of the like cruelty of Thrawn that we saw in Rebels, because we don't see a lot of that in Thrawn in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, somebody sort of brought up that cruelty factor, specifically that like the saboteur bike, biker, speeder bike scene, where basically like Thrawn makes this one factory worker like get on a bike that he knows is sabotaged and like Mm -hmm. basically kills him and essentially like Timothy Zahn actually explained why this was okay (laughs) but it's basically because the saboteur had been caught and Mm -hmm. he was going to get the death penalty for being a saboteur and so he was going to die for his actions so Thrawn decided to use that to send a message. So essentially it, he was being efficient mm-hmm. and that's yeah. how Timothy Zahn explains why that scene was featured such a cruel version of Thrawn. It was basically just like, it was going to happen anyway. We might as well put this to use. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then one other interesting comparison he made art is to Thrawn as the force is to the Jedi. Nobody else really understands it, but it works for them and it makes him unique and it makes him a little bit scary. And I thought that was a really interesting analogy Hmm. that art is essentially Thrawn's force. Yeah, it's cool. Interesting. Yeah. So it was a great panel. If you ever have a chance to go to a panel that has Timothy Zahn on it, he like, I don't think he minds that a lot of people are going to be asking him about Thrawn. Um, there were other people there that were asking him about some of his other works, but it was largely Thrawn-focused, and I enjoyed that very much. Nice. Yeah. All right. Anything okay. else at C2E2? Did you run into anyone cool? Uh, no, I, I ran into Eric Eilerson from The Living Force nice. uh, and from Utini, so that was really fun uh, to get in and catch up with him. He went and got a photo. Uh, him and his girlfriend went and got a photo with uh, Hayden, so he was showing me that on his way out to head home. And oh, nice. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, they had a good time. He said he was super nice and really chill and laid back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good for him. The uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the writing in someone else's universe panel, and that was Delilah Dawson and Charles Soule were on there, uh, and it was basically like it was really interesting because they did talk a lot about Star Wars, and um, you know, in comparison to some of their other works. Like, I guess Delilah Dawson has worked on like writing X Files novels. And they're really, like, loosey-goosey with it. They're like, pick a monster of the week, pick a time period, pick characters, anything you want. Like, do with it what you please. And then, like, it's, like, completely the opposite with Star Wars because editors will come to authors with ideas. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just write Vader into your story because the story group knows where Vader was at that time, at that place, and why. So there's a lot of restrictions and uh, issues just talking about how the process is really different. Uh-huh. Uh, Charles still talked about how like Star Wars is locked into this historical timeline. So it's a lot like writing Greek and Roman history, which I love that comparison. Cause like, Ooh. if you kind of think about Star Wars as like, this actually happened, 
and this is just the author's interpretation of how it happened, it kind of makes like enjoying the canon, I think, a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But that's just, I don't know, a little more loosey goosey. Uh, I wish they'd bring Delilah Dawson in to write some High Republic. Yeah, me too. I wonder if they will ever bring in outside authors for like the different phases or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would be would be kind of nice to get some of the. Also, it would be nice to get another Delilah Dawson book at all. I think the last thing that she yeah. wrote was the the Phasma. No, it was no. the one with the with Cardinal, the sequel. <laughs> oh, the one in uh, the Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's yeah. Edge one, yeah, yeah, the Black Spire one. I really liked yeah. that book that she did. Yeah, I did too, and I really liked Phasma. Yeah, I like her. Um, I learned a lot about these people. I like I didn't know that Charles Soule came from a law background. Like that was news to me. Um, and there's the the great thing about these panels is that you learn a lot about like any kind of business that you want to get into mm-hmm. that's connected to this. Like if you want to learn how to become an author or a comic, if you want to learn how to get a job in comics, going to these panels is really educational. Yeah. Um, so they talked about, you know, Delilah Dawson talked about how like you know, her sort of coming up through the ranks, like working with intellectual property or IP, it like builds your reputation, it builds your fan base, but then like your own work will make you more money, I guess, because you're not having to like, you know, pay all that licensing stuff. And then one of the other Hmm. authors on the panel said that comics is actually the exact opposite. (laughs) You make more money doing IP uh, rather than your own stuff. Uh, They talked about how networking is really important. Uh, Delilah Dawson talked about, you know, like, if you can build a reputation of working really fast and hitting deadlines and being easy and fun to work with and, like, getting an agent is, like, 100% necessary and totally worth it. And Charles was just like, you know, you got to be, like, fun to work with and charming and you have to be fun to hang out with. Um, And that's a big part of, like, knowing how to network, which kind of is true for all you know, mm-hmm. all industries, not just not just writing um, and not just Star Wars. But yeah, before that, you have to be a good writer first. So you have to be like a start, a self-starter and disciplined and you have to be a good writer. And then everything else comes second to all of that, which is like, yeah, duh. Um, let's see. Oh, the best part. I'm going to end with this. <laughs> Yay. The best part. <laughs> um, oh, wait, no, two things. Delilah Dawson said that they cut out five to ten minutes of The Last Jedi of Finn and Phasma talking from the original script. Like, she also, she basically was like, yeah, they did do Phasma dirty. I don't love it. But I, she was talking about how she actually did get to read an original script of The Last Jedi and got to see that extended scene of Finn and Phasma actually talking before they went into their their, their melee. Uh, So that was really fun to get to hear that. I had no idea. They like locked her in a room and they like gave her the iPad and then you had to like, if you had to like leave to go to the bathroom, you had to like, check it in and there was somebody looking at you the entire time you were reading to make sure you're like not taking pictures. I was like, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I kind of get, but I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that I want to bring up is this thing that Charles Soul that happened with Charles Soul, And it was basically when somebody brought up the last Jedi. Cause you know, they always have like the, the audience members can come up and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And as soon as somebody said the last Jedi, I don't know why I wasn't looking at the question asker. I was looking at the panel. You, I just saw Charles Soul die inside just a little bit. Like, it just completely, like, 
killed the mood. I mean, he, it was really subtle. Like, he just kind of closed his eyes and was just like, Jesus. Like, you knew where it was going to go. And it was just... Oh, no. I feel <laughs> it like was... it's either really good or really bad. Yeah, and, like, the question was very neutral, but it's, like, as yeah. soon as somebody brings it up, you don't it's know like, where it's going to go. And it's, like, it kind of makes me sad that The Last Jedi brings that out in in people, but it was also really, really funny to watch. It just <laughs> cracked me up. Like, as soon as he said, I like, I think I was in, like, the third row or something, and I was, like, I really hope that he didn't see me laughing because I was giggling for, like, a couple of minutes after that. And I don't even remember what the question was, but, yeah, that was... Uh, it was interesting to get to hear Delilah Dawson's take on Phasma and The Last Jedi. She thinks, mm-hmm. you know, that he, they did her dirty. And to get to hear them talking about, like, how they came up through the ranks in the industry was always fun. I, I like that kind of stuff. So yeah. C2E2 and any kind of Comic-Con, if, you hit, if you're willing to hit some of those, like, smaller panels, that's the kind of, you know, valuable information you can get, especially if you're interested in those kinds of industries. Very cool. Yep. That's all nice I got. Nice work. Reporter yeah. Laura. Uh, yeah, I was going to like tweet a bunch ooh. of this stuff and then I just didn't because it's just too much work to do it on my phone. It's so much yeah. easier if I have my laptop and I just d- didn't want to haul it around. Fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up. Do we have any questions from? No, I did get um, a message the other day, though, from Aris. He was talking about how there's, I guess, this new show. I hadn't even heard of this. There's a, sh- a show called Foodtastic Journeys to a Galaxy Far, Far Away. And it's oh. basically the food, the cooking show in Star Wars. Yeah, I saw something about like a, there's like a Star Wars episode of something that was cooking and they made an X-Wing cake. Yeah, so it's Foodtastic, a new Disney Plus food competition series. And they did, they I guess they just devoted an entire episode to Star Wars. Um and yeah, they, I think a lot of it, it's not so much like cooking competition, which is what I'm really into and what I would like to see. It's like sculptures, like making food mm-hmm. that Star Wars looks like Star Wars into sculptures. Um, but he was just like, wasn't this your guys' idea? Like, didn't you guys pitch this idea for a show? <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. pr- kind of close, actually. So that's, it's just kind of funny that I had not heard of this. It's being marketed as a food art competition. Yeah. That uses disney ip interesting mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if i need, feel a need to watch this um but good for them for mm-hmm. taking our idea and doing something different with it so they didn't have to give us credit yup <laughs> but yeah all that's right. all i got nothing else in like listener uh email stuff i don't think cool so next up is trips 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 Trivia. Okay. So I don't have my Trivial Pursuit cards, but I did just Google Trivia Star Wars Hard. Wow. So we're going to get some miscellaneous, unverified Star Wars trivia from the interwebs. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. I'm going to quiz you on crawls. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Suck it. All right. Shall we... These are all so easy. Why are these supposed <laughs> to be the hardest? Liars. I know. Okay. Okay. I'll just, I'll find a few. All right. Do you want me to ask you first or do you want to ask me first? I'm going to ask you first. Okay. How many are we doing? Uh, Four. Four. Okay. Perfect. Question number one. 
How does the Rise of Skywalker crawl begin? The dead speak. That is correct. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, question number two. According to Solo A Star Wars Story's blue text prologue, what does Lady Proxima offer runaways in exchange for a life of crime? Shelter? Very close. It's two things. Food and house. <laughs> Almost. Shelter and protection are the two things. Oh, so I, I got a half point. You okay, did. Cool. You get a half point there. Yes. How is Count Dooku described in The Revenge of the Sith Crawl? It's three words. Is one of those words and? No. Um, handsome, manly, brave? That's correct. Uh, it's actually handsome, manly braids, really. If, oh. if you recall, he was famous for his braids. Uh, no, ruthless, ruthless Sith Lord. That's hard to say. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right. Let me give you one more. In which film's crawl is Vader mentioned by name? There's only one. Empire? That's correct. Empire yes. Strikes Back. Well done. <sighs> Thank you. Nailed it. Yeah. Hashtag nailed it. I got two and a half out of four. You Fuck did. Yeah. You did very well. I'm proud of you. Okay. So let's start with the hardest, the 25 toughest Star Wars trivia questions in any galaxy. I already skipped through the first 10 because they were too easy. Okay. So here we go. How many do-backs were in the original 1977 theatrical cut of the first Star Wars movie? Two. Correct. What was the full original name of the first Star Wars movie when it went into production? Oh. <laughs> I know. I feel like I know some of the words. I just don't know what order they go in. So I'm going to go with the Guardians of the Wills Star Wars, the Tales of Luke Starkiller. Okay. <laughs> Half point. So it's the adventures of Luke Starkiller has taken from the Journal of the Wills Saga 1, The Star Wars. <laughs> the Star Wars. It's like the, the, Star Wars. the Facebook. <laughs> yep. Drop the the. Just Star Wars. Yep. Number three. Which bounty hunter in The Empire Strikes Back is wearing an old costume from a Doctor Who episode? That would be Bosk. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Let's see. One more. Darth Vader's chess piece has writing on it. What language is it in and what does it translate to? Oh, I used to know this. I don't remember what the phrase is, but I think it's in Hebrew, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Half point. It's ancient Hebrew, and it translates to "His deeds will not be forgiven until he merits." I like it. I like yeah, it a lot. Cool. Yeah, I would not have remembered that. So that's a good question. That is a hard one. Boom! 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 I think that was it. Yep. I love it. Well done all to right. both of us. Holler. Ha- half points all around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, what to expect from our next episode? It's coming out January 4th. Yeah, we'll record over um, New Year's Day weekend. That's cool. Yeah, and we'll be talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yay. I'm excited. 
Uh, There's a chance I'll probably, I might pop up on some other shows doing uh, reviews of Book of Boba, so stay tuned to my Twitter feed and I'll post those as they come up. The uh, Toast 2 section is next, Alice. What should we, Mm -hmm. uh, would you like to go first? Should I go first? Up to you. Let's see. Um, I've got two things. One of them I'm going to be quick because I've already talked about how much I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I have like one, I'm not going to spoil anything. I have like one minor critique that I'm not going to voice here because it's a major spoiler. Um, But all in all, I loved everything else about it. Um, And I'm actually seeing it again tomorrow morning. So (laughs) I've got another ticket to see it once more. Uh, because going and sitting in a crowded theater during a pandemic once was not enough. I have to, of course, go do it again. But the one I'm seeing actually on Sunday uh, tomorrow is a much smaller theater, so I don't feel quite as as weird about it. Um, but there were a couple of like, there's some Star Wars like Easter eggs in the film, like some super obvious and some not. So if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet, it's fun to go see it and try and and catch those. It's just. It's just cute. Some of it's like big picture because this is like John Watts' Spider-Man trilogy. So Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of stuff that kind of comes from there. But there's like, there's just fun Star Wars stuff. As there are, I think, in all of John Watts' Star Wars or Spider-Man films because he's clearly a fan. So (laughs) Star Wars stuff pops up a lot. Um, So that was really fun. I loved it. Um, There, uh, I also wanted to mention the Sex and the City spinoff on HBO and just like that. Did you watch it? Have you watched it? Any interest? I'm not a Sex and the City person. Got it. Okay. Um, I'm mildly enjoying the spinoff, not because it's good, because it's not. It's, it's garbage. But no, for the, mis- the new Gossip Girl sucks too. Really? Yeah, I actually, oh, yeah, I think I, I think I have heard that. So, so yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it not because it's good, but mostly for like the nostalgia factor mm-hmm. and this whole Peloton controversy that came out of it. That's been all over the internet for the last week or two has just been so funny to watch it play out. So yeah. I've I've legitimately enjoyed watching it. I'm going to keep watching it. Um, I'm hoping that it'll get better, but I am not optimistic that that will happen. So <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, the Gossip Girl fucking sucks. I'm like, what is the purpose of any of these characters? Their drama is not even drama. Really? It doesn't make any sense. I've been reading the Vulture reviews after I watch each episode, and I'm just like, this is better than watching that whole episode. Ew. Yeah. Nice. so dumb so dumb there's like no motivations for any of them and you don't or you don't know what is going on isn't there like a murder aspect happening in it too like a true crime component no i wonder what where did i hear about that never mind Um, riverdale always has true crime Hmm. i think they're also rebooting uh pretty little liars which oh, also Jesus. I'm like, oh, God, do they need to reboot that? Like, why? Just fuck it up. Why? I know. I know. So my toast to is the other day I stumbled upon Yellow Jacket's Reddit uh, sub where it's all just conspiracy theories about what's going on in the show. Oh, my no God. It's so good. It's just theories. That's all it is because you just don't know. It's such a good show. Like – Oh, it's just it's the best show and um yeah especially i like that there's all these acronyms for different things like like aq is antler queen and it's like who's antler queen and everyone's like who's aq aq this aq theory that aq that and i'm like oh yeah antler queen fuck yeah um <laughs> yeah it's really cool and 
So that brings me a lot of joy. And then also I am back in Louisiana now and I eat gumbo almost every day and it's delicious. Fuck yeah, girl. What's the temperature down there right now? Is it warm? 70s. Oh, fuck you. God damn it. (laughs) It's going to rain and be in the 50s, though. I think um, it's been like upper 70s all week. But yeah, we're going to have lows in the 40s and 50s for a few nights. Yeah, we had like, I don't know if you heard this, we had like a couple of 60, really just one 60 degree day, which in Chicago in December is just unheard of. That's that yeah. doesn't happen. But it's been very windy. You know, all of those storms that blew through the Midwest and caused a bunch of mm-hmm. tornadoes. Like, we didn't have tornadoes here, but we did have the wind. And it was like, I mean, it was scary. There were like really strong gusts of wind to the point where they were saying like, stay away from windows if you can and get mm-hmm. to like the inside of your house because... I'm like, and it was like overnight. I'm like, where am I supposed to go to like escape the wind in my apartment? You know, I'm like, there's like a huge window right next to my bed. Mm-hmm. And so I just like built up some pillows. I was like, this is yeah. my, this is one pillow is going to be my protection from the shattering glass when inevitably Ooh, my window. I'm like, it's, it's just been really, yeah, it's, it's so loud and it's just scary hearing my window creak like yeah. that so much. But beyond that, Oof. and there, it's only been a couple of times uh, having the slightly warmer December weather has been kind of nice. Yeah. I feel like last winter or last Christmas was pretty warm because yeah. I remember thinking I was like, damn it, I'm finally in a cold place for Christmas because I'm only used to having hot. And, you know, I'm like, oh, it's going to feel like Christmas. And then it was warm. And I was like, oh, that defeats the purpose. Right. You're like so much for a white Christmas. Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have to watch Yellow Jackets. It's so good. Yeah, I watched the trailer and it just like, it just didn't really draw me in. I don't know. Oh, try the first episode. I'll give you my login. No, you sent it to me already. I've got it. I've got it written down. It's just. Yeah. yeah. Try the first episode. It's so good. Love it. Noted. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to the end. So thanks for listening. Made to episode 70. Woo! Hope you enjoyed. Spread the news. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or... I think Spotify does ratings now too. What? Ooh, that's exciting. God, I, I saw they sent I saw that they sent emails out and I didn't actually read them. I should probably read them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read them either. Um, but yeah, I think you can rate us on Spotify. So do it. Yeah, please, we'd really appreciate that. And in the meantime, if you want to find us elsewhere on the internet, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Force Toast Pod. You can always email the show at Force Toast Pod if there's something you want to talk about, maybe a piece of news we missed, or if you just want to weigh in on something, we're open to that. If you want to subscribe to our show on all the places we just talked about, Spotify, Apple, those are great because you can leave us reviews. But you can also find us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Simplecast, Podbean, Overcast. There's a full list on our website, and you can find that at forcedhostpod.com. Ho, ho, ho. Don't know if the mic picked that up, but it's it felt gross. So Wunderbar. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I found all my nerds. Your nerds. Yeah, took a bunch of nerds. Nerds, What a fucking nerd goes to fucking Comic-Con and takes a bunch of notes. Nerd. (laughs) Dork. I know. All right. At least this year I didn't bring my laptop with me. Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) 